Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Clit Talk. Be sure to visit clittalkshow.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover our fantastic bonus content. Also, be sure to follow us on Instagram at clittalkshow for your clit fix in between episodes. Pussy, pussy, it's gonna be a good one today. I'm talking about a clit talk, clit talk, clit talk, talking about a clit talk, clit talk, clit talk. Come on, girls and boys and everyone on the gender rainbow, bring your pussies to the show. Welcome to Clit Talk, the pleasure positive podcast, the sex that you wish you got, and then some. Bloody hell, glitterati. <laughs> <laughs> I was so excited to say that line. Okay. Um, imagine a world where women had no tampons or pads to manage their periods. Well, that world actually exists right now in rural areas all over the world. Even speaking of a woman's menstrual cycle is taboo. Many grown men don't even know what a period is. And many girls stop going to school when they get their, when they get their moon. You know, it sucks. So in rural India... That has changed because there is finally a period pad machine. If you missed the Oscars this year, you may not you may not know that a film telling the story won Best Documentary. That's right, Clarati, a documentary on menstruation won a fucking Oscar. Woo! <laughs> progress! Oh, I got a progress. Fuck yeah! Yeah, and the on top of that, this film was birthed by a group of high schoolers. Today in the studio, we have three of the co-founders of the PAD Project, who, along with their teacher and several other students, won the Oscar for the revolutionary film, period. End of sentence. Please welcome Sophia Scheim, Avery Siegel, and Charlotte Silverman. I literally have goosebumps. I'm so blown away by who you guys are and so excited to have you here. We're so excited to be here. Yeah, yeah thank I'm you. I'm really me. just like, I'm like proud to be a woman right now. <laughs> so, um, so your documentary, um, period, end of sentence. In a nutshell, how did this film go from the idea, a bunch of high schoolers, to an Oscar award winning documentary? Uh, <laughs> you want to take that one? Okay, so... We started working on this film in 2016. Yeah. So in 2016, we had an idea to make a film to be kind of the gem of our nonprofit, The Pad Project. So we started by researching on how we wanted to do that, and we came up with the idea of launching a Kickstarter campaign. So we launched our first campaign in 2016, and from there, we raised the money, the initial money, to start kind of finding our director and finding our whole crew. And then from there, we... um, Okay, so years ago, like seven years ago at this point, almost eight, we were... A group of us went to the Commission on the Status of Women at the United Nations, and we heard about the lack of access to menstrual products around the world. And we heard about this issue, and we were blown away because it was something we had never really thought about before. And so we decided that we wanted to do something, but we didn't want to just donate. We didn't want to just come in and do anything. That that wasn't our idea of how we wanted to solve this issue because there we knew we couldn't do that, just us. And that's, this issue is so big. So we heard about 
the man named Mergen Anthem who created the pod machine that we ended up installing. And the machine creates a little microeconomy for the communities that the machine is being installed in. And um, the way it works is it uses a specific tree bark um, and it creates pads and they pads can be sold for relatively very cheap prices. Um, and it also gives a job for the women in the communities as well as a whole other thing a bunch of other things that we didn't realize at the time, but we yeah. learned much later on that how much this small machine could make a difference in so many people's lives, not just women, men's, everyone's life. I think that's something the film does a really great job of highlighting is kind of the dichotomy between the fact that the women say that this is their first time having a job, but then it cuts to like the really backbreaking manual labor they've been doing um, in fields and in different aspects of their life. Like even just like being a homemaker and raising children for their whole lives and that's never recognized. Um, and now suddenly that like there's money attached to it, like that's recognized as a real job, even though they've been doing this or something like this their whole lives. Um, and so that was a definitely interesting aspect of it that we had never really considered. So I didn't realize you guys actually gave the machine to these rural communities. Yeah. So we wow. started after that, we, when we came back from the UN, we heard about the machine and we raised money for one machine. And then we realized that, yeah, that was great, but there was still so many people around the world who don't know that this is an issue. And so we wanted to do something to teach people that this is an issue and to kind of start the conversation on menstruation and really break the taboo. And that's when we came up with the idea of creating a documentary as an educational tool. So that was always our goal from the beginning. And so in 2016, we launched our Kickstarter. And that's how we raised our initial funds. The Kickstarter was a funny line to walk because Kickstarter, you can't fundraise for quote-unquote charities. And like, though we never considered the machine to be like charity, we thought this was like an entrepreneurial like partnership that was being formed, especially mm -hmm. because like this is a community that we have had um, a relationship for a very long time with um, through Action India, which is our partner organization in India. And they're beyond incredible um and so kickstarter considered us raising the money for the machine and the first year's worth of supplies like the natural material which would help kickstart the microeconomy. um they consider that to be like charity work and so it was a very interesting line having to walk to figure out how we could like emphasize the film for kickstarter but like know that like that was always like that always had an end goal of being an educational piece but like the machine and the like work we were doing was always going to live on like separately even though like, we never considered it charity um so that was definitely a very interesting line to figure out how Did to they try to like shut your campaign down no not at all oh, okay. and actually once it was launched kickstarter was incredibly supportive oh, um, we were on like the their top yeah we were like a staff pick yeah. it was just like in the process of launching it like they reached out to us and said like this doesn't fit our guidelines for what can be launched like can you just edit um so i think like that was our first i think inclination of the fact that like it was going to be very hard to get what was going on in our heads about this out into the world just because like everyone was going to have a different um expectation of like what it actually was yeah it's crazy it's crazy you mention um taboo how this was taboo and i remember in the film there, there's a gentleman that says menstruation is the most taboo thing in our country yeah. and it literally almost knocked the wind out of me i was like what? yeah and that's exactly why we wanted to make this film like <laughs> yeah. because it's just not talked about yeah and we really wanted to make the conversation public because we feel that but prior to this, and it was a very private conversation that happened in the homes and maybe with a few close friends, but never something that people were just talking about and they didn't really care who was listening. And the taboo definitely also exists in the U.S. Like that is, I mean, the fact that like this conversation is happening right now is like definitely also um, 
very far from where it could have been even five or ten years ago. And like there are definitely people who have everything kind of came together at a really great time because like there were different organizations and different people starting to speak up about this in the U S as well. And the lack of access that, um, homeless women and like low income families face around this issue as well, which is a huge issue in the U S and like even in Los Angeles and like different parts of Southern California. Um, and like through our work with the pad project, we've been able to like, I think kind of try to understand the depths of that, um, issue because I think it's easy to say like, yeah, you can't, you always don't, you don't always know where your next pad is going to come from. But like to hear someone say that girls on our basketball team were wrapping toilet paper around a pencil to use as a tampon. Um, yeah, it's just like gut wrenching because it's not something we would ever consider. And that's, that's because we come from like a huge place of privilege. Mm. You know, not only am I, was I blown away by the film, I'm blown away by all of you. Like to think that that 10th graders birthed this idea. Like, where the fuck were all the other, like, college graduate women, you know? Like, the fact that you guys were 10th graders, and now you're, you know, you're in final, Charlotte, of your freshman year. You guys are sophomores. Like, this is... In college. In college, <laughs> right, 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 right. Ivy League colleges, yeah. right? You like, guys are very well, accomplished. Super accomplished. It's really an honor to be here with you and hear you speak so eloquently on a subject matter that is just detrimental to, to women around the world. I really want to acknowledge all of you for that. Thank I'm you. sitting here Thank like, you. I'm just like, holy <laughs> fuck. It's like, no. holy pussy. <laughs> so what struck me, what I'm really curious about is, Charlotte, you were there while they were filming, right? So I was there after we cut the first draft of the film. So we were there to to show the film to Action India and to the people who are, who are in it. Um, but I wasn't there for the filming. The filming was just, we had just raised the funds to send the director and the director's assistant. I thought it was so interesting watching the interviews of these women not wanting to talk yeah. about their period or even say it. And then finally getting them to open up was there were such beautiful moments. It was like first times for a lot of these women. Um, so I was curious, like, what did it take to get these women to open up and talk openly yeah. with you? Um, I mean, like Sophie had said briefly, the um, Action India and our chapter of Girls in International had had a, a partnership for now 17 years. Um, so the people that were doing the interviews um, they all basically worked for Action India and have been working with this specific community um, ahead of time before this project took place. So one thing that we've like tried to emphasize is that this specific village is actually one of the more progressive ones. So in a lot of areas, this wouldn't even be an option. They wouldn't this this wouldn't have worked at all. Um, Wow. And but yeah, what really helped was that they had had this ongoing relationship. Suman, who um, has the machine actually in her house, she works for Action India. So like they had had a, a community connection um, and it was that was definitely like made the dialogue much easier. Um, but still, like even you saw with the young girls that it's it's just not something that's like a comfortable um conversation so I think it took a lot of like sitting in silence and sitting in laughter and kind of getting through those moments so in your work with Action India so the the film is obviously hugely visible here in America especially after the Oscars um is is the film being shown in India as well or is it mo mostly yeah. in America it is okay yeah so tell so us about that something that was really important to us I think as um our film festival circuit kept going and was kind of um looking more and more like people were going to take this seriously and not assume it was just a student-made film. Um, 
was that we wanted wherever the film was going to land, whatever distribution we went with, it needed to be an international platform. Because though this is definitely an issue in the U.S., we wanted this to widen the conversation in America um, and other um, like more developed industrialized countries as well. Like This is a huge educational tool piece for developing communities as well, just because it's a lot easier to, like I don't know, see some sort of reflection of yourself in this um, than just have like other people come in and say, like, this is a problem. You need to fix it. Mm-hmm. Um and so we were, were very lucky when Netflix reached out just because they are such a huge international platform. Um, and also something that was incredibly important to us was negotiating in the contract and educational caveat. So any um, school or library that reaches out um, to show the film um, can do so without like any infringement from Netflix. Um, and that was also huge for us because like that's true anywhere in the world. Um, and so this is really accessible, um, which is something that we were very, very focused on. Are there other parts of the world where similar things like this are happening to girls? I mean, this is kind of true everywhere. Um, there's nowhere where access is like a hundred percent. This is happening easy. here in LA. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, we still have a tampon tax. Exactly. Actually, although Governor Newsom did announce this week mm-hmm. that his budget is going to get rid of the tampon tax I and like the tax that. on all menstrual products, which is super exciting. That is super very, exciting. Because um, Jerry Brown, though he did many great things as governor, refused to end that wonderful yes, he tax. Did. And he was with Linda Ronstadt. That doesn't make sense, right? <laughs> she's a powerful woman. You're no good. I'm, you're no good. <laughs> but I'm actually not surprised that you guys, this Generation Z, this youth <laughs> activism that's just like blossoming like fucking crazy like wildfire because you guys are in the know you you you're so exposed to so much and your passion is always so pure that it to me it makes total sense that the young generation are changing these things i've been a very uh big fan of uh nadia okamoto from period movement since 2014 right she was like the instigator of all of this as well and and i learned so much from that organization of how so many women in this country doesn't have access. So the last couple years, like BU and uh, maybe even Berkeley or Stanford, there's all this uh, activism happening where women are standing up and saying, hey, we need to have period products available to us because we have to leave the lecture while the guys get to stay and listen to the lecture. So it's really about equality at the end of the day so that women can go to school, they can go to work. I remember being, I think, like 11 or 12 years old. And at that time, which was a long time ago, um, I was in on the swim team. And it was really a taboo thing to stick something up there. Like you're going to lose your virginity or, or, you know, break the hymen or maybe I might like how that feels and now I want some more, right? So I had to miss like swim practice, you know? Yeah. That was kind of sad. And once I learned about tampons, I was like, fuck yeah, I can do lots of things now. (laughs) Don't have to worry about it. My most proud moment, I think, with when my daughter was like 15, she was in the car and she was having a bad day. And my husband was in the car, ex-husband. And, and he, he was saying to her, you know, what's wrong with you? Why are you so moody? And she's like 15 and she yells at him, because I'm bleeding from my vagina. <laughs> and I was Amazing. Like, yes. Yes. You know, like it shouldn't be taboo and say what you feel. And I think we have come a long way in this country, but we still have a long way to go. Yes. And I love that you made such a huge difference to the girls of India. That's amazing. 
Congratulations. Hey there, Clitorati. It's Katie. So you all know I'm a nurse and Clit Talk for me is a health conversation. I really want to take a minute to share a product with you that has made a huge difference in my life. Foria Wellness Awaken CBD Lubricant. Remember that. I use it multiple times per week and this is coming from the woman who never used to masturbate. Not only has it enhanced my new masturbation lifestyle, it's eased the pain I used to have during sex and my husband is super happy because our bedroom play is so much more fun. So I personally reached out to Foria Wellness to see if they would partner with Clit Talk and they were an overwhelming yes. So now you can get a discount on their fabulous products by going to our brand new pleasure store at clittalkshow.com. All their products are there, and if you're interested in trying them out for yourself, use the discount code CLITTALK10 for 10% off your purchase. I can't recommend them enough, so do yourself a favor and get your pussy high. This episode of Clit Talk is sponsored by York Manor. If you're recently engaged and searching for the perfect wedding venue or just looking to host a fabulous event, be sure to check out the York Manor, a gorgeous event space in the trendy neighborhood of Highland Park, Los Angeles. The York Manor, M-A-N-O-R.com. And tell them Clit Talk sent you. How does it, I want to know from you personally, how does it feel having been a part of a project like this at such a young age? There are no words to describe. <laughs> I actually was like thinking again about um, like the moment we were all kind of like sitting in different like areas at the Oscars, and the moment we all like actually found each other. Um, after so yeah, the, I asked you before they that you guys did go to the Oscars. Yes, yes, we were all very lucky to be able to go, which was incredible. We were able actually very fortunate to bring out um some of the women for the documentary. So Sumo oh. and Sneha and Suleika were able to come um with us, which wow. was an incredible experience. And also just to, like have everyone who's been a part of this project for so long in one place together. Like yes, it was amazing to like the Oscars were an amazing part of that weekend, but like some ways just as impactful was like the time we had like before and after that like as a group um because like i don't know skype is great but it's really not the same as being in the same room as someone um and so just like the feeling i like really remember this in the car and like getting honestly kind of choked up um which is you know not unusual for me but um, <laughs> i was like remembering the moment we all found each other like right after the award was announced and it's just like we were all shaking so much. I remember we were trying to, <laughs> we were, <laughs> they brought a champagne and we were all trying to like hold it or like hold pass it and it everyone was like falling everywhere. And we were all just like, didn't know also what to say. Also screaming and like also crying a yeah. lot. Um, it was, I don't know. It was the craziest experience. And like even looking forward, like, um, just towards the summer and like where the nonprofit's going next and like how we're building that out, which like, first of all, a huge learning curve for us because I think that like, a lot, all of this has been a huge learning curve because none of us ever like knew what step was next in this project. But like, especially nonprofit development is not something we've ever really like stepped into. And it's now we're kind of like f- trying to figure out like, okay, well, what does a board of directors really look like? And uh, <laughs> what are the bylaws of a nonprofit do? Um, and all of that, which has been super interesting. But like the impact, just like honestly, just like sitting around and like dreaming up like what we want our next steps to look like and like the impact this can have down the line is unbelievable. Um. I mean, you guys are really just getting started. Yeah. yeah. This is just the beginning. Yeah. No, the Oscars were, that was amazing, but it was just one small step in everything we want to do. And we have so many hopes and dreams for this, where this project can go in the future. Um, and we're just really excited for what's going to happen. And, also scared. Yeah. Scared. Also yeah. scared. Really excited. It's created a huge, just like a huge influx of people that want either a machine in their community or want to like fund a machine and so it's kind of putting together all of the like a global network of people that are going to work on this it also just like feels like a very large responsibility just because now that there is this like 
publicity attached to the nonprofit itself, it feels like, okay, well, now we really need to, like, do good with it, (laughs) Um, which is also terrifying when people are reaching out from, like, very rural areas saying, like, we want a machine, but at the same time, it's like, we want to work next with the where area we where we can have the most impact um and like definitely down the line like everyone who reaches out we really do want to work with but like we are still mostly college students trying to do this (laughs) you're like still in school (laughs) and so it's like trying to figure out like how we can balance all of that and like do the most good in our next steps which is like kind of freaky because also like everyone who's reaching out is like an adult and a very established person and usually runs a very successful um local nonprofit or like community organization and we are uh high school or not high school students college students (laughs) high school students actually and like who are we to be like yeah let's work together like oh sorry like we can't because of like these logistical issues it's just like i don't know that's all been a lot lot Yeah, <laughs> that's really crazy. That's impressive. <laughs> You're like, I can't even go to a bar yet, but I won an Oscar. <laughs> and Ryan Gosling told me I looked good in my dress. <laughs> I wish that happened. Did anyone meet their celebrity crush at the Oscars? I went to the bathroom behind Lupita Nyong'o oh, and like almost cried. Cool. Um, right before we were walking into the theater? Theater. Yeah, it's a theater. Um, I was walking with some of our group and our publicist, who her name's Lisa Tabak. She worked on a, she's worked on a bunch of things, but Emma Stone. She knows Emma Stone, and Emma Stone came up to her and was like, "Your film, Period and a Sentence, was the most amazing thing. I voted I'm for sorry, you." You didn't even tell us that. What? I voted for you. I want you guys to win. Like you deserve it. And then we walked in, and like, I'm not even like her biggest fan but that alone was like shit like maybe we maybe this is great like I, I think we yeah. always knew it was great but it was such like a personal piece to us yeah. and we had always like wanted to share it but like just seeing it on stage was just the craziest, that was the craziest like, fucking thing <laughs> it was insane <laughs> so you did so you're going to the oscars right and you're like there's not a chance in hell we're actually winning well it was just like i'm like <laughs> When we got nominated, we were like, holy fuck, we just got nominated. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. And it was like, that was the first thing. And then we were all in different places when the shortlist came out. And we all FaceTimed in. And our group in LA, they were all at a house at like 5 a.m. And we were all um, in college. And we were FaceTiming in. There were like and, three group chats going. We were all yeah. FaceTiming into LA. But also, we, like, we all like, the college kids had a group chat separately. And like we were all also watching the live stream. Like, it, it was, was like, yeah. So it was a live stream. And... It goes in alphabetical order, and we really thought that we just really didn't know. And I, it was as it was going. I remember we were the it, last one. Yeah, asked. we were the last one, and it got to the fourth one. And there was another film that had been nominated that started with a letter later than us, and so that I really liked. So I assumed that that was going to be the last one. And I remember once it got to the third, I was like, oh no, no! And then it got to the fourth, and we all you, there's a video of us, and we're all like, shit! Like you can hear us all being like, oh no! And then it says us, and like. I was sitting alone in my common room, bawling my eyes out. I was in my room. I live with, like, 10 other girls, like, in a suite. I woke all of them up. And, like, 8 a.m. doesn't sound that early. But, like, 8 a.m. for college students is, like, I don't know. Oh, 7 a.m. for me. 2 a.m. Yeah. Um, And they were so upset to be woken up. And then so also, like, what the hell? Yeah. Also because, like, I don't know. I don't know if it's something you guys have experienced as well. But, like... We come from a very small high school, and so, like, this was something that kind of, everyone kind of knew about. Um, yeah, no give, one a, shout knew about out, give a shout-out. What's the high school? Yeah, we went to Oakwood, Oakwood High School. school. Oh, I know. Oakwood, of course. I have yeah. plenty yeah. of friends whose kids yeah. went there. Yeah. Very nice. So, like, everyone kind of knew about the project, and, like, it was always kind of this, like, 
quiet thing we were doing in the back of our no new teacher Melissa's classroom. But, and, like, so there was never, like, a ton of acknowledgement. Like, everyone knew what was going on. <laughs> no one in the new college, like, knew about it. Because, like, this was always just, like, something we were doing. We never really, really <laughs> talked about it. Like, it's like, like, wake hey. up, bitches. That just was not <laughs> Like, all of a sudden, I can imagine someone in your lecture list, look, I'm sitting next to the co-founder. Like, no <laughs> and idea. the thing is, that did happen. Yeah. I don't know if that Which happened. was, like, really like, weird. I still get stopped. Um, it's funny, though. Like, I'll be out, like walking down the street and someone will be like are you Avery <laughs> like oh wow yeah you and know not that we you know drink underage but um we had <laughs> right. a right. spring concert a couple weeks ago before finals started and um there were like a bunch of like darties that morning um and I was going with a friend up to the bar to get it to like Darties water. is party. Oh, it's a day party. What What's a darty? It's a fucking day party. Yeah. <laughs> oh, of course, sugar. sugar knows what it is. Okay. I darty. graduated college three As years ago. Bitches don't know. <laughs> Hashtag darty. Been a few years since we graduated from college. <laughs> um, and I was uh, going with a friend to the bar to get water. Um, and one of the guys who I had never met in my life um, said to me like, oh my God, like you're the one who like worked on that documentary. Like you need a special drink. Like that's so fucking cool. And I was like, what like he's just like total like frat dude like at a party being like yeah, yeah. look at you and like that is so not like who he ever thought would be like watching or engaging with this documentary and did, so like that was super weird so did he true. make you a bloody mary oh my god i wish he had that, but, um, that was perfect. on the menu for the day but i <laughs> wish <laughs> he just no. gave her tomato juice exactly that's crazy so you literally you guys took such a powerful stand. You're actually changing the culture of your colleges. And so. and and lines are being like blurred between I really hope that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you are. Yeah, yeah, you are. For sure you are. I would say anyone who comes up to you is absolutely ins- I'm inspired. You know, I'm inspired. You make me want to do something better with my life. You know, <laughs> seeing what you guys did is very inspiring and you should be very proud of yourselves. Mm-hmm. Thank, Thank you. you. I'm super curious. What are your majors? Um, did you go first? Um I am a perspective global affairs major. I am a communications major and a social policy and public health minor. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm visual art and <laughs> probably urban studies or public health policy. Nice. Cool. Sounds like a great, great team. You guys have like different interests. Yeah. And- so none of us were into film per se when right. we started this. And like that was the really interesting thing. Um, and like even going back to college, like I get kids, kids taught me all the time and they're like, why aren't you a film major? And I think that shows like, we didn't do this for the film. We didn't do this for the Oscar. God, we did no. this for the project and for the girls and for our partnership with Action India. And like, this means so much more to us than the statue that we have now. And I think that like the reason it became a documentary is because we having grown up, most of us grew up in LA and I think had parents, some parents in the group were in the industry. Um, and also just growing up in the age of like social media, I think that we were very aware that like lines had been crossed and who gets to create media and who gets to have that impact. And so I think that like that was kind of very powerful for us to realize like, okay, like we can put a piece of media out there yeah. that can be an educational component and doesn't need to be a work of art. It doesn't need to be some big studio production. Um, and so this was never supposed to be like the reason we entered it in film festivals because we didn't really know what else to do with it. We wanted some recognition to we get wanted a platform. people to see it. We just didn't yeah, care. We really we wanted people to see it. it. We wanted people all over the country to see it, and like hopefully someone would be like, "Yeah, like let's put that like somewhere 
else other than YouTube. Um, we thought it was going to be somewhere small. We really did not know. Yeah, or, like, wow. something that was, like, formally, like, an educational component, like, yeah. that, like, different schools could access. Right, right. Um, and then I think that, like, as it kept winning things, and I was really knew what that meant. Yeah. Um, I remember we, in our group chat, we were like, we just won three awards at this film festival, and we were like, cool. Awesome. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Well, um, India is a little bit far, so I'm sure the expenses are a little bit greater when you take on a project like this. But in reality, what are some dollar figures if other people, young people, really wanted to get a message out there or try to, you know, basically change the world? Um, I think it can, it can honestly be done with any amount of money. Um, all that money really provided us was just wider reach. Um, and also legitimacy in a way because i mean like we were in high school and we were doing this with our teacher and we didn't really have any sort of official backing and i think we kind of had two layers of cards stacked against this honestly three the first was that we were girls the second was that we were teenage girls the third was that we were coming from a very privileged white background which like doesn't sound like that'd be a card stacked against us but like when we're working when we were trying to work with um a developing community in india everyone was like well who the hell are you to come in and do this which was something we very much took into account and we never wanted this like to be a white savior colonial moment but there also are like historical things we can't overlook imbalances that like there's just a lot of implications going into this and i think that we were always aware of that and like our intent was always to have this be a partnership um but in that way, people also didn't take us seriously again. And so I think that, like, having that money behind us was kind of just a way. And also the reason we did Kickstarter versus something like GoFundMe or Indiegogo was that it just had, again, like, that sort of legitimacy so that people would, like, pay attention and be like, okay, like, maybe this could work. Yeah, I think it really, this could be cheesy, but it's really about the passion. It really and is. And all of us have such a drive for this large global movement that it really wouldn't have happened if we just didn't care as much as we did because it really wasn't about the money it was about the passion that we put into it and yeah I really think any amount of money can change the world because also I think that's something that's really important I like um at my brother's commencement at college graduation um a quote from the speaker was that you have to fix your little corner of the world first and that was really stuck with me because I think that like that was kind of as the pad project was launching and this was something I was incredibly passionate about. But I also knew always in the back of my head that like you can't overlook what's going on around you immediately just because there's people over there who might need help more. Um, and so something that like I've been very focused on as well, like with the organization and also like in college, like I'm part of um, our local period chapter. You mentioned Nadia. Um, and so I'm doing work in New Haven um, to um, increase access to period products. And also like next year, like my focus specifically is like trying to work on like um, advocacy and policy for the university and being like, like you said, like it's time that you provide this. It's a necessity. It's about equality and equity. Like hurry up um so that's the goal of next year um and if if the women's marches continue how can we incorporate this kind of legislation and information during those marches because the women are right there at that time we yeah. should really utilize those opportunities i agree a hundred percent i think that um a huge part of it is getting the word out there because i think that um something that's been really interesting is hearing from women both who are saying I experienced this period poverty and never really was able to talk about it but also people saying I never considered this as an issue um and I think just trying to like bridge that conversation is like definitely a huge step even like uh, especially going back to your question about like money whether or not you have a ton of access that you think you can do good with it's like starting that conversation in your local community is the most important thing regardless of whether or not you also do work elsewhere that's why intersectional feminism is so important so right now. Important. Yeah. 
So you, I love how you said that your passion, that it really wasn't about the documentary. It was about the impact that you were looking to make. And I think that's why the documentary was so successful because it's a huge message about freedom, you know, freedom for women to be able to go to school, freedom for women to have their own thriving business and the financial freedom that brings things. And then it also gave men freedom to contribute to women because there was a man like setting up the machine in the documentaries. So this is nothing short of revolutionary. And what I want to know is like, where is the period pad business now? Like are there, the women were going around selling to all the street corners. Are there period pads available on every street corner or um, is, you know, how has this impacted their lives? Sure. <laughs> um, yeah. So in one one reason that they go door to door is because a lot of women they found won't buy from men at the store, um, mm. or that it, or they just that it's preferred to buy from another woman. Um, so they're still doing that just to kind of continue those relationships, and they they have regulars that also come to the unit um, and buy from them there. Um, another like one of the big elements that we realized is that there are. In, in a lot of areas, there are other pads available. There are, like, always pads and stay-free pads, but they're completely unaffordable and nobody would ever actually buy them. Um, but those are the ones that are stocked in the stores. So they're kind of working on, like, developing a model where if they want to try and compete with those kinds of brands, then that would require, like, more more people working on the machine, more production. Um, and right now they're kind of focused on, like, maintaining the community-based model. Um, so it's, it's kind of a larger question of like, do they want to upgrade a machine? Do they want to, um, and we're just like trying to support whichever direction they choose. But so as of now, it's kind of, um, it's kind of remained like, um, more individual interactions. But I think definitely our hope in the future is to be able to like keep that aspect of it, that door to door aspect also because that's a huge educational component of like why pads are important and why they're much safer, but then also like have the support. Hopefully we can be some sort of mechanism um, to like breach those kind of markets and get fly pads wherever we can. Yeah. Amazing. So the documentary for all of our listeners is on Netflix and it's called period end of sentence. And so if our listeners are looking to, this is obviously an ongoing project. What can people do to contribute? How can we help? What can, what can we and our listeners do to help you fulfill your mission? Please donate if you can. Um, anything and everything does help just like continue the conversation, but also like host a screening at your school or your college or your church or synagogue, wherever. And just like have these conversations, especially like within families with young girls. I mean, like I regularly text my young cousins and be like, you're going to tell me when you get your period, right? <laughs> like, do you want me to talk you how to put in a tampon? It's just like, like have those conversations with people um, and also create relationships with local women's shelters um, and domestic violence shelters. Because a lot of times these aren't things like pads and tampons aren't things that people think about in terms of like hygiene care drives that they do. So like a lot of times that's shampoo and conditioner and like soap and toothpaste, which is amazing. But for about half the homeless population, like that's not enough. Um, and so have those local drives, make tickets to certain events optional and people can bring a box of pads instead. Um, but just really just try to talk about it wherever you can. And so if people do want to donate, is there a specific website or is your Kickstarter still ongoing? Where do people actually go to donate? Um, you can donate on our website, www.thepadproject.org. 
There's okay. also a link on our Instagram, which is at the pad project. You can also find us on Facebook. You can email us. So That's <laughs> at the pad project. And your website again is the thepadproject.org. Oh, sorry. Dot org. Yeah. Okay. We're so. a 501c3. Okay. Nice. Perfect. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Well, seriously, thank you. You are, you three ladies are, and um, everyone else that I'm sure couldn't be here tonight is so impressive. You are making a difference in the world. Thank you for taking your time to be here with us and inspire us and our listeners to get out there. I love what you said about like, you can make it, you can change the world with any amount of money. And it really is about your commitment behind what you're doing. So thank you to all of our listeners. Be sure you visit their website and their Instagram. We can all make a difference. And just thank you guys for who you are for the world and, and your passion. And I cannot wait to see your lives unfold as like the leaders you are in the world. Thank, Thank you, you so, so much. much. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Did you just love this episode of Clit Talk? Well, shit, then you better head on over to iTunes and subscribe, but only if you want amazing orgasms. Also, while you're over there, please rate us and leave a review. But again, only if you're open to incredible sex and amazing relationships and world peace and stuff like that. I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, it's very much appreciated and thank you.